Are we ready? Go ahead. Okay. The name of this message that is going to be transitioning, uh, glory and goodness. And, you know, um, one of the two principles that we have zeroed in in our church is our identity and God's goodness. Okay? And God just prompted me to take a little bit closer look at the goodness and just a different aspect of what that can mean. And I felt like God told me to look at the connection between His goodness and His glory. So first, um, I'd like us just to name some attributes and characteristics of God. And what we're going to do is I'm going to start here by putting goodness in the middle. And so what can anybody else think of that faithful. just describes faithful. faithful? There we go. Okay. Gracious. There we go. Long suffering. Yep. Forgiving. And unconditional. I guess his mm -hmm. love for us. Mercy. Whoops, but unconditional uh -huh. love. Okay. Mercy. Forgiveness. Okay. Mercy. Mm -hmm. As fast as I could wrap. Okay. Um, I'm going to fill in because I have written down I have a cheat sheet here. <laughs> we'll say kindness. So what else do I have? Goodness. Um, yeah, I've got that in the middle there. Good. Okay. Um, grace. Gentleman. He's unchangeable. Yes. Okay, and I think that could I think I'm almost gonna come under justice because justice. you know yeah, there's a there's a he's just right and that falls yeah. under you know yeah. I think that's a whole a whole any let's say let's put holiness okay um, power we can't forget he's yes. powerful and he's truthful. Okay, I think we about got all, all covered. So if we, to me, and I don't know how y'all look at it, but his goodness covers all these things. It's because he's good that he forgives. He's because he's good, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't even think that this, all these attributes even cover everything, but it gives us an idea. So I think that sometimes... These characteristics uh -huh. uh, that describes goodness, because you know that's kind of a, uh -huh. a subjective type word. What what's good to somebody is not good to somebody else, and you know it's like the uh, parent that disciplines their kids. Well, it's good. It's a good thing, but the kid doesn't think so. <laughs> you know, so it's subjective. All right, and so um, so we look when we look at that, um, we know that that. 
probably only scratches the surface of all the different things that God actually is. Um, so what we can do is think of this as being like puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's something that makes up the goodness. <clears throat> okay? I searched for a good definition of God's glory. Oh, man, some of them were a sermon. They weren't a definition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one man had something, and I thought it was, it was succinct, but it was, it, I think it was uh, Tim Sheets. And he defined glory as the sum total weight of all of God's attributes and characteristics. The glory becomes a manifestation of all the things that God is. That's a good one. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought mm-hmm. that was succinct. Yeah. It wasn't two pages long. Right. Is what I was finding. That was what I was finding was right. uh, some that uh, was quite lengthy. Okay, so right now what we want to do is look further at some stuff about um, God's glory. And we'll look at Isaiah 4 and 5. And you can turn there or whatever y'all need to do. I've got it written down, so I won't have to actually do anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, It says, and then Yahweh will create over all of Mount Zion and over every gathering a cloud of smoke by day, a glow of flaming fire by night, and all this manifestation of dazzling glory will spread over them like a wedding canopy. Okay, and we know that the canopy was at the hoopah. I forgot what the word was, and I meant to look it up. The wedding canopy where the, the Jewish couple, the bride and the groom, sit under, right. and mm-hmm. they're covered. Yeah. It's the covering. It's the hoopah or the chupla or the something like that. Uh, something like, that. Yeah, like I said, I meant to go back and look at that, and I did not get that done. Um, but we see that it's God's glory over them. And that is what provides the peace, the rest, and the security for the bride of Christ. Come on in. <laughs> I'll give you the, the uh, few sentences. We're going to look a little bit. We're going to look at God's goodness and His glory. And um, we've already uh, decided, or I have decided and told y'all, <laughs> that the different characteristics of God is what makes up part of what makes up the goodness of God. And the goodness of God and the glory of God is a manifestation of the, all the different pieces and the attributes and the characteristics. Okay, and we're going to do the worship after the oh, okay. after the uh, message. Okay, and then the next thing we want to look up is Hebrews one and verse three. And this is I like the way this is the uh, English translation, and I like the way it was worded. So I've use that. It says the sun is the radiance of his glory and the representation of his essence and he sustains all things by his powerful word. And so when he had accomplished cleansing for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So here we see the weight of his glory, the riches of his glory through Jesus. And it stands ready then to give you and I the our identity and power. Okay? That that was made manifest through Jesus. And then we'll turn to 2 Chronicles 5, 
11 through 14. And I'll give you a little background. It's basically because we sing songs about when the, the glory fills the temple. Okay, and this is what we're talking about. This is what uh, the scene is. And 11 says, And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves, without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeuthan, we'll say that's right, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Just stop right there and think how, how that would sound. I don't know how many all the priests were that were singing, but I'm guessing it was... How, how many of you would think, Gary? I don't know. I think we've been told before, and I want to say it's an astronomical number, yeah. like 1,000 or 3,000 I thought maybe it was even... More could have been that. more than that, because yeah. the Levites, that was their their whole tribe. That was oh, their yeah. so it job. Probably, probably was a lot more than that. And, and we just see that they had the mm -hmm. 120... Uh, that's a lot trumpets. of trumpets. That's a lot of trumpets. Yeah, and then you know they all had their, and you can just imagine how many, how th what that would sound like, and so here they were, they were uh, lifting up their instruments, their voices, and praised the Lord, saying, "For He is good, and His mercy endures forever." That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And isn't it interesting that they were proclaiming the goodness of God mm -hmm. when his glory physically came in? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's just another connection mm -hmm. between <clears throat> glory and goodness. Um, God's goodness is a matter of perspective. We know in Egypt, when there was darkness for the Egypts, there was light for the Jews. So maybe there's a cloud that blocked the sun, whatever it is. Um, people don't always see the goodness of God. Many times because they're on the wrong side of the cloud. <laughs> they see darkness instead of light. Uh, you know, it's noteworthy to realize that even in the midst of darkness, God has a redemptive plan. So, you know, we have to realize that just because some people are seeing darkness does not mean it's still not God. It doesn't mean that it's not the goodness of God. And you know what's going on in our, our nation right now? That To me, it seems like there's a lot of darkness. Um, but I think it's part of the redemption plan of God. You know, of course, there was you know, other things that went on there, but um, it's a perspective thing sometimes, mm -hmm. God's goodness. Okay, now let's look at Isaiah 6. And it'd be one through three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of ghosts, of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In this case, 
The seraphim, instead of the priest, were singing, but they were proclaiming God's holiness, right. his goodness. Okay? Again, perspective. If we look back to this point, we see that Isaiah saw and was focused on the sinfulness of man. He was saying, you know, the whole world is filled with sin and woe is me. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a man of unclean lips and the whole nine yards there. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting is the seraphim saw the glory of God. That it filled the earth, it said, you know. So, again, it's perspective. What we saw, what he saw, and we see sometimes, as sinful, everything's rotten, woe is me, woe is the earth, things are going to hell in handbasket type thing. You know, they looked down on the exact same thing and said, look at, wow, you know, look at the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so, he had to see for himself what the angels see. Every true voice for God must have the revelation of glory filling the place, filling the earth. And without this vision, we're only seeing part of the truth. If we're only seeing the sin, we're not seeing all the truth. What fills the earth is His glory, not our sinfulness. Okay? This is a revelation that I think our church has had to quit focusing on the sin. Right. Now, I don't know that we've all got it whipped, right. but, but we have at least got the realization that we need to quit focusing on the sin, you know. That's, that's something where we're in the process of uh, working out. That's right. But, um, but at least we've gotten hold of that first little baby step. Right. Um, you know, this is for our current age. It's for today. It's not just for the future that, you know, just glory is going to fill the whole earth. It, it's for right now. Okay? If I have to stop and wipe my allergy eyes for a little bit, y'all just hang in there. Now I want to look at the example of one of the greatest requests that a man has ever made of God. And that is found in Exodus 33. A short overview of what's previously happened here. We're talking about Moses. Um, God was mightily ticked off at the people at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay? He's just telling Moses, maybe I just need to wipe them all out, and I'll just start over again with you, Moses. And, of course, we know that Moses intercedes and says, oh, no, you know, don't do that. Um, He relents, God relents after intercession, and he says that he will allow the people to go up. But Moses here is still talking to God, and he basically says, my paraphrase, you say that we can go up, but what good is it is unless you go with us. If your presence isn't with us, uh, then it doesn't make any difference if we go up or not. So he, he's asking for assurance. You're going to be there with us. Okay? And then Moses makes his gigantic request. Um, and this is on the English version. And this, starting in 18, he said, And Moses said... Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before your face, and I will proclaim the Lord by name before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. But he added, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. 
the Lord said, Here is a place by me. You will station yourself on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and will cover you with my hand when I pass by. <clears throat> then I take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Now, did you did y'all catch that Moses says, show me your glory, and God answers by saying, I will make my goodness pass before your face. Which is his glory. At least, or at least an introduction to the glory. Right. Is that all of the glory? You know, that's some more questions just for us to ponder and think about and meditate on. You know, is is that is goodness equal glory, or is it a introduction to His I'd glory? Say, I would say an introduction, because I, I don't think His I think His glory would be unlimited. Yeah, it would be manifested differently at different times. Mm -hmm. It could be more powerful, and probably uh, beyond our comprehension. But I think it's very interesting mm -hmm. that when He wants to see God, mm -hmm. that. God said, at least has determined that the best way to introduce Moses to his presence is through his goodness. You know, he could have sent, what, earthquakes and, you know, lightning and, you know, a whole bunch of different kind of things, but he wanted his goodness to be the first thing that Moses saw, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is it is the goodness glory, but it's definitely an introduction or, you know, into the glory. And we see, like I said, when the, when the goodness was recognized, that's when that glory filled the temple, you know, and same way with the, with the seraphim came. It was, and they were pro uh, pronouncing the holiness, the goodness, etc., that's when the glory showed up. So I think it's just really something to to think about. Is you know, um, and it also, and I I don't know that I have the scripture, but uh, y'all probably can tell us when uh, it says that uh, the goodness of man is what will make men's knees bow. It's not going to be the signs and wonders. It's going to be the goodness. So, and then I, you know, of course, when I read this, you know, and you, he's, he's hidden in the cleft of the rock, I was thought of, you know, the uh, rock of ages, and you know, yeah. cleft for me, and uh, made me want to listen to that song there. So, um, I think at some point he's, uh, there's a balance here at least in between the glory and the goodness. And perhaps to see his full glory, we have to enter in through first through the goodness. Okay? Like I said, it's something I think to meditate on. I think I don't know that I had a whole bunch of answers for y'all, but I have a whole bunch of questions for y'all to think about this week. <laughs> okay. Um, and I also think that this time was a transition time for Moses. How could you not transcend mm -hmm. into another area in your spiritual life to see the presence of God? Oh, and by the way, um, I didn't get it written down, but uh, there's one gentleman that went in and said the word, the Jewish word for back here, 
it wasn't like your physical back. It was like if you had a comet and you saw the trail of light oh, following right. it, it. That was more the word. I'm not going to say it's the exact word, but it was more of the picture of mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Is that there was, you know, the, I would say the sparkles, the light, the whatever that trailed the comet. Yeah. Is more of what that word for bat meant. Okay. I thought I'd throw that in as a freebie there. Okay. Um, and Second uh, Corinthians 3.18, it says, We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transformation comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay. In other words, we're going to, it says one brighter level of glory to another. It's talking about the, the, oh, the King James, where it says to glory to glory. Mm -hmm. Okay? So we're going to just, you know, and so I think that's what Moses went through. I think he was in one level, because we know he was already communicating with God. But then I think when he went into that, where he got a hold of that goodness and got to see that goodness of God, I think he transitioned into a different level. Uh, of walk with God. Uh, so this is Paul talking, and he's talking of transitioning here from the old law to the new thing in Jesus Christ. And we can also see that it talks of moving from one level of glory to another. Sometimes we fear that if we don't see God or hear God like we used to, <clears throat> uh, God's wanting to transition transition us. I'm having some <laughs> words, some lazy lips this morning. Uh, from former to latter glory. We have to let go of the past. And um, I've had two experiences that tell me that this is the point of where we are right now. Okay, last week, Diane was here, uh, but Roberta wasn't here. And um, I heard a word from God during worship, and that word says we were in a season. It's a time for holding fast, a time of letting go. Some things we have to hold fast to, people, beliefs, relationships. Some will need to be treasured, but some we will be required to let go of. Okay, and that was the word I got. And Sherry said, what does that mean? I said, well, I don't know. I mean, you can guess, but I don't know. Um, but I also had a dream about, it was probably a little over a month ago, and I hadn't shared it because I hadn't been given really the interpretation until I began to put this message together. And then the dream, I was talking to a man, and he was just crying. He was crying in pain. I, you know, what's going on? And he says he had had back surgery. And, and the way that they did the surgery, not like, the spine, it was like they just took like a slab and cut muscle out of the back. Just like, okay. And that was supposed to make him better, but it hadn't. And so I talked to this doctor about doing the same thing, you know, maybe it didn't ever come up like, oh, I was going to donate my back to somebody, but that was kind of my, my understanding. So I, I thought, well, I need to do this that I might be able to help him. And so I did, got the same thing, except my back never hurt. 
it still felt strong, still felt like it was supposed to. <coughs> well, when I was putting this together, I realized that back was a symbol for the past. Okay, it's what's behind you. And I think I had some past things, and continue to have past things cut, cut away from me. Okay? Uh, in order to enter into new glory, sometimes we have to leave some things from our former place that we were in. Okay? The Jews had to leave Egypt and their own slave mentality to go to the next step in their walk with God. And those that could not transition never entered into the promised land. They got left out. And the term glory to glory, I think it's a wonderful term, you know, going from glory to glory. Um, I think we can all imagine wonderful things that God has in store for us when we go to that next phase of glory that God wants us to experience. But what I want to consider is what are the consequences of not transitioning into the next phase of glory <laughs> that God has for us. Um, we know that many people want to stay where they're at. They want to stay where they're comfortable, uh, be surrounded by what they know and what they're familiar with. Um, they can justify that or do justify that by telling themselves that, you know, they don't have to be a fanatic to serve God. They don't have to be out there, you know. They can just be low-key, still be able to serve God. And um, therefore, they really don't transition sometimes when they need to do that. They will almost always, unfortunately, they won't stay where they're at. They want to stay where they're at, where they're familiar, but a lot of times they don't stay where they're at. But uh, they will actually go backwards in their spiritual life. And how you can tell, they become stagnant. They make no new demands on themselves. Then they begin to slide back. They neglect the spiritual things they used to do. Uh, their church attendance maybe begins to taper off until maybe it even goes away. Um, they used to read their Bible and enjoy it, and but now, you know, they don't have time or uh, they just really lack the interest to do that. And their prayer life suffers. They have a hard time you know, co connecting with God. They may even leave the church and go back to, uh, you know, drinking, partying, other habits that they had formerly set aside in their former lifestyle. Um, we know that stagnant water begins to smell without fresh water and oxygen infusing into it. And without fresh revelation, we can all stagnate. Okay? The next thing that can happen to people who refuse to transition to the next level of glory is that they risk being heavily pruned. When we were talking about pruning last week, and there's pruning just to help and shape and, and produce, but then sometimes there's some really heavy pruning that can go on. And um, I think we've seen, especially, I just got this uh, picture in my mind of a, like tomato plants, and have you seen the, the old, uh, real leathery yellow looking leaves that they get underneath mm -hmm. there? They don't produce anything. They're not good for anything. And they're really just like looking like they just already want to die on their own. They're just shriveling up. 
And um, so sometimes a section of plant, you know, it'll turn yellow being dry up. And we know that the tree that Jesus cursed dried up and died. Okay? I think that's also a risk that people in churches can be taken from this earthly home and removed completely because of the refusal to transition from the, uh, their old thing into God's new thing. I had, <laughs> we were, uh, a preacher told me one time that, uh, and it was an older, I believe it was an older man, well, would you consider, you know, doing this? Oh, no, you know, I've done this for years. And, well, we should consider doing this. Oh, you know, I'm just, basically, I'm used up, wore out, and washed up, pretty much, is the kind of answer he got. He said, well, let's just pray that God takes you home then if, if he doesn't have any more plan for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> he believed that was not the answer he wanted, you know? Maybe he might still have some use on earth, but... <laughs> You know, it's amazing when you offer to just ask God to take them on home, then it's yeah. a whole perspective changed, you know. Yeah. Ready for that. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. Not... <clears throat> All right. And the third is this, uh, people can per experience burnout and fatigue. And I think we've all been there. Sometimes you just feel not necessarily even such a physical fatigue as a mental fatigue. Um, if you are not in the center of God's will for you, that means that you're having to struggle to do what you've always done without the help, the comfort, and assurance uh, that comes from God. Uh, I had a man tell me once that he got to the point where it's either do what God uh, required of him or commit himself to a mental institution. And he was serious. He said, because I thought I was going to go crazy. And uh, luckily, he submitted himself to what God wanted him to do. Um, rest comes not with getting more sleep, but by God helping us in our endeavors and being in the center of his will. You know, then we let him take over. And we aren't struggling to do it in our own power. And that's that rest that the Bible talks about. A fourth consequence of not transitioning is that people who don't risk only being observers of the new thing. You know, you're just left out. Mm -hmm. and that's sad. You know, we don't want to be left out of the new good thing. And they won't know the new glory because they refuse to transition and they will not enter into it. Yep. They will... Um, They won't be carriers of the glory for themselves or for others. Yeah, and, and to me, that's just a really, that may be sadder than anything. It's just, you know, that they will just miss out. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me in the Bible, it talks about getting in a river and you, you're stepping in it. You can get up waist deep or you can just dive in the whole thing. So, <clears throat> hmm. Well, and, you know, even in, in Revelation, it talks about taking the crown and your jewels and your crown. And I think there's will be, I don't know, there'd be sadness, but I would be, oh, I don't know what the right word is, but I would want to have as much as I could 
to be able to lay down before God. I don't know that we'll be heartbroken because we'll be there, you know, but as a tribute of my uh, love, loyalty, or whatever, I would want to have whatever I can have, whatever I have accumulated, to be able to lay down at the feet of Jesus, you know. And if we miss something in some step, you will miss that opportunity at some point to have, uh, you know, an extra jewel in your crown type thing. And the, the last thing that I think will happen to some of the people that will refuse to uh, transition that is that they will repeat the difficult cycles of the life and where they're at at the, at, at, at the time that they refuse. Um, they'll re repeat the past and the old mistakes. They'll be there. They'll be waiting to be made over and over and over. We've all seen people caught in cycles. Um, we see the woman that she gets rid of the abusive man and starts dating another one, gets rid of him and another one, you know. And you always think, why did they not wake up and see what's going on? And I think it's just because they're caught in that cycle and they refuse to submit into the go into that next thing God has for them. And therefore, they're same mindset, um, their same habits, their same whatever, it just continues. Um, we see the man that goes from one addiction maybe to another. He may go from uh, alcohol over into drugs, maybe he goes to porn, but it's, he may just, it may be a different, uh, called a different thing, but it's addiction, addiction, addiction. You know, and uh, a food. I, you know, people can be addicted to food and mm -hmm. yeah. weigh 500 pounds. That's an addiction. Why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> we did not like it, too. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. <laughs> that, wasn't, uh, that wasn't right. That wasn't nice when you no. said it. <laughs> and we have seen also, we've seen people go from church to church There's to church. church yeah. Yeah. And what are they hunting for? They're hunting for something to make them feel good. Feel good, or don't have to uh, do anything. Don't have, yeah. To, they want change without doing, right. submitting any kind of, right. uh, you know, their mind, submitting their body, submitting to whatever God has no for them. But we'll go from this church to this church yeah. to this church to this church, and I think it's where that's that. What I'm talking about is they just get stuck in a cycle here. Because never, maybe God's asking them, you need to change X, Y, and Z. You need to quit gossiping. You need to uh, uh, quit hanging out with somebody that is a bad influence. You, uh, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And they've refused to do what God is wanting to bring them into a new thing. And they're just unwilling to do that. And therefore, they just go. They, you know, they want the preacher to do it all for them. Lay hands on me. Oh, yeah. Give me something that I, and I won't have to do anything. I won't have to pray. I won't have to look. I won't have to reflect, you know, um, and, and it'll all be taken care of. And we see that, okay? They just uh, refuse the change that God asks of them. And I just, that's pretty much, I think I thought uh, that's what I wanted to say. But here's some final thoughts. If you are not moving, you're not transitioning. 
transition is all about movement. Not only have to be physical movement, but a movement in some area in your life. And we want to transition from old wine to new wine. Old wine, when it's old enough, can just turn to vinegar. It can just turn old sour vinegar. And latter glory isn't just a reset. It's a new beginning. And I think people miss that sometimes. You can still have the same old, you know, you have the same old door that needs to be fixed. It needs to be updated. It needs new hinges. And they want to put a coat of paint on it. Well, that isn't a new door. All that is is just, uh, it just looks better. It's a covering. Yeah, just a cover-up. And so we have to make sure if we just go and change one or little thing that we're really doing what God wants to do, that we're not just um, trying to reset what we already know. And, you know, honestly, I think uh, people in churches get into that. Oh, we need a new program. You oh, know, yeah. We need Nothing's a new... Working, so yeah, it's program. the same thing, except we're calling yeah. it something different. Yeah. We're not talking... We're not uh, having this a Bible study from this particular individual, but we're having it from this one. And when maybe what we need to do is, uh, you know, not have a Bible study is have a something else, you know... Um, not knock on doors, or not just invite people, not send out flyers. I mean, it's just get, they need to get a hold of a whole different mindset sometimes of what they're doing. Not just, let's just do the same thing and call it something different and reset. Okay, and for, um, I would ask y'all to ask God to show you more of His goodness. Because I think there's just so many layers. I think it's like a diamond. It's all a diamond. But depending on which way the light hits it, mm -hmm. depends on which facet it hits, uh, it has a different look. And it's, it's, so I think that's what goodness is. I think it's just facet, different facets of probably the biggest diamond we've never seen and mm -hmm. um, beautifully cut. And depending on you know everything and every person, that looks at it, it's going to look different. And um, so I think uh, goodness is going to look different to each one of us. It'll be the same, but it'll have a, a distinct flavor for each of us. So I would ask that you all uh, ask to be um, given a new perspective of His goodness and His glory. I feel like um, we've been working in a, that kind of a transition mode on Fridays. You know, we've been trying to step into the new thing, and it was a little, not scary, um, not the right word, but there was a weight on it because you didn't want to mess it up. Like, oh, I, yeah, I want to make sure God really told me that, not just that it's my mm -hmm. brain telling me stuff, you know. And so... Um, so, there, uh, and I think that's also a reason there's been an attack on our Fridays. So, because we haven't got to meet on our Fridays for a few for a few Fridays, so I think um, I think that's probably an indication where where we need to be on that. Um, 
I want to encourage you all to embrace the next level of glory. Your next new thing. We'll all have a next new thing. Okay. And, Margie, we did the message first and then the deal today. And um, so, we can turn that off.